From the BBC World Service. These attackers have no fear. They would have killed me had they found out. It was really intense. I just saw the entire financial markets grinding to a halt. This is what they've stolen. So many millions of dollars. Oh, it's got to be North Korea. There was chaos. What do you mean they've disappeared? It was almost like a perfect crime. Where did they get the money? How in the world did this happen? The Lazarus Heist from the BBC World Service. Search for The Lazarus Heist wherever you get your podcasts. A BBC World Service and CBC Podcast production. Before we start, please note this series contains adult themes and strong language. Roberta Marini is part of an exclusive event, a live video meetup, adults only. Roberto's typing questions into the chat alongside other men who've also paid to be there. There's John and Big Guy. Hi, Big Guy. The voice belongs to the woman performing on screen, Janessa Brazil. The men can watch her, but she can't see them. Just their typed messages. She's sitting on the edge of a bed wearing lace lingerie and flipping a mop of long black hair this way and that, grooving to the music. She's a cam girl, a woman who gets paid to stream explicit material live on the internet via webcam. John's questions appear in the chat. Do you ever do a lap dance? For fun? Or for money? For fun, John. Beside her is a homemade carnival wheel, like one you'd see on a game show. Only this one is made out of cardboard and markers. When it spins, winners land on triangles that read shake ass, flash titties, and ride pillow. Everyone is having a great time, except for Roberto, who's heartbroken. Janessa Brazil is the woman he loves, the woman he wants to build a life with. And now, here she is, half naked on the internet, getting ready to spin the carnival wheel. She promised him she wasn't going to do this kind of work anymore. With all the money that he's been sending her, she shouldn't need to. Roberto's confused. He begins typing in the chat the one question that's burning him up. Is it really you? From CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service, my name is Hannah Jala. And this is Love, Janessa. The story of my wild quest to find the woman whose face and body is the bait used in catfishing schemes around the world. Episode 2, The Big Fish. Hi, I arrived finally. <laughs> Roberto is settling into his square on our virtual recording session. I am feeling already very comfortable in here. It's super cozy and everything is tranquil, so whatever is going to flow... He's a few minutes late getting to the studio because of traffic, but he's keen to get started. Everyone knows when they meet me in person in my land that I am simply someone that loves to create a garden, a real Eden garden, so... He's a self-employed sustainable farmer in Sardinia, a mountainous Italian island in the heart of the Mediterranean. Known for its white beaches and crystal blue coastline, 
it's not hard to understand why holidaymakers describe it as a slice of heaven. I have been uh, living in uh, Sardinia for basically almost all my life. So I have been growing in my family, connected to all, so all my uncles, uh, my aunts, etc., etc. And uh, all of them have been very supporting for me all my life. Roberto is as open-hearted as they come. You might call him a hippie. He looks like a 60s throwback. Wild curly hair, leather vest, colorful shirt. He's also a romantic. I am a loyal person. So when I actually dedicate myself to someone, it's because I want to stay with that someone. Regardless of the challenges that may arise in life. United, everything is possible. We can overcome everything. Roberto's in his early 30s and says he's ready to settle down. He wants a family of his own to add to the sizable Marini clan. But Roberto hasn't found his soulmate yet. It wasn't long ago that he thought he had found her. And it's that story, one that's very painful and convoluted, that I want to talk to him about. Roberto's story might make a less open person embarrassed. I'm just going to be sharing what has been my experience and I'm going to be more detailed as possible in everything that uh, I remember, uh, obviously, vividly. Those vivid memories begin in early 2016, when Roberto got a message on social media from a stranger, a woman he didn't recognize. So the first time that I got contacted was through Facebook, and it was an account named Anna Alex. Hannah Alex was striking with long, dark hair and olive skin. She said she was born in Brazil and now lived in the US. She complimented him on the success of his startup. She wanted to get to know him. What foods are you cooking tonight? Is your business slow? I just started to, to chat and interact with this person. And it was obviously saying me that it was looking what I was doing in my life, all the activities that I was posting on my social medias, connected to the businesses that also I was doing online, etc. The initial period wasn't really that much of photos or voice messages or anything. In the first period was pure texting. And after a few times that she was telling me, like, I am like this, it was just normal photos, like photos in a, let's say, in a park, no nudity, none of that. And uh, it was like just a normal person, you know, just someone from abroad, from another part of the world, just taking picture of herself. Those early conversations were light-hearted and exciting. Roberto looked forward to her messages each day. Messages that became more frequent, more intimate. You are my happiness, and I want to experience true love in your presence. I will be forever loyal and show my respect to you for the love you have given me. Still, he wanted to get to know her better and connect face-to-face. He asked to set up a video call. It was a normal request by my side. Legitimately, I was wondering to actually see the person I was interacting with. So I would say, let's just face to face. Let's, you know, see each other so that we can see, okay, this is you, this is me. We are two separated beings. We are alive in the same time, etc., etc. even if we are distant in another part of the world. But Hannah Alex wasn't able to talk that day. Her phone wasn't working. I was expecting to give you a surprise this weekend, but things couldn't go well yet wanted to call you. 
I lost that number again. Every time it was an excuse like, no, now I can't, or now, no, I broke my phone, or now this phone doesn't work, and blah, blah, blah. So for almost two months was like that. So their messages continued. They tell each other about their days, talk about food, travel, and a future together. This is a voice actor reading Roberto's texts. I love you. Just know it. I promise I will never make you cry a single tear from your face ever again. Thank you, Rob. And I like you, really. I sincerely want to meet with you. Then, about three months into their relationship, came the ask. Hannah Alex needed money. Initially it was for a broken phone or for uh, fixing something in a car or buying like lotions, creams, uh, you know, girls things. <laughs> so I was like, okay, if you want, if you need, there's no problem for me to provide you money for that. Roberto made a good living and was happy to help support her, to buy her little luxuries she couldn't afford. In fact, he was more than happy to send her money. He almost couldn't help himself. There was a fatherish energy that I was feeling within me. Like if I had to be the father that she never had. I don't know why I had this feeling. Not just her man or her boyfriend. That's the feeling that I had within me. That's what I was feeling 24-7. The money transfers started off small. Initially it was like 50 euros, next 100, next 500. But quickly added up. So I was sending like probably 50 to 25k in the first two, three months. Roberto isn't hung up on money. To him, it's temporary, superficial. His sustainable farming business was growing and he wanted to help someone less fortunate. He didn't have endless resources, but he was willing to share what he did have. But as the months slipped by, Roberto got increasingly frustrated that he couldn't see or even speak to her. Are we going to actually get to connect fully? Are we going to actually see each other? Are you able to actually show me yourself? We can talk normally, like in a call. The excuses kept coming. So did the requests for money. We haven't even seen each other. We don't even talk. We have never made a video call or anything like that. You asking me to pay you for this thing or that thing, etc. From his tone, it might seem like Roberto was thinking twice about the relationship. But despite all the questions and disappointments, he couldn't cut her off, even though his bank account was slowly draining. Hannah Alex's story was sad and full of hardship. Her aunt was sick. Her father was an injured veteran who couldn't work. When she wasn't caregiving, she was a model and actress who made a living in the seedy world of adult entertainment. Roberto hated the thought of her performing in live online shows for paying customers, wearing only her underwear, flirting with other men. Hannah Alex claimed she wanted to get out of the industry, but she was stuck. She said she needed the money. That's when Roberto made a proposal. He'd pay her rent if she left the business. She said she would, but then her online cam sessions continued. A frustrated Roberto started to dig into Hannah's story. It just didn't add up. So when I started to research and I started to see all the pictures on Google, obviously, I was like, what the heck am I even seeing? Like, what is this? 
A quick web search revealed that the photos she'd sent to Roberto belonged to someone else. All those images of the striking woman with long dark hair and a killer body, those were actually pictures of a woman called, and you probably already guessed, Janessa Brazil. One of my producers first found Roberto through comments he'd posted on the website, romancescamsnow.com. Roberto wanted to warn others about fake accounts being run by people who were using Janessa's stolen images and identity to entangle their victims. This is one of the posts he wrote under the section, Scammers Favourites. Hi. There are tons of Instagram accounts that are using Janessa's identity. And I would like to point them out here to be sure no one gets scammed by them. These are all profiles using Janessa photos, many of them saying to be her when chatting, and all asking for money with the most hilarious stories. Roberto wrote these comments three years into his online relationship. And like many parts of his story, the messages are multi-layered and, at times, contradictory. He says he wants to expose the online romance scammers who've stolen Janessa's images to protect the victims. But he also wants to protect Janessa. He appears convinced that he has been in contact with the real Janessa, although she'd suddenly gone quiet at the time. I just want to get back in touch with her, as there are so much scammers in every form that I may be a victim as well now. I understand that she has a right to privacy as well as anyone should, but I just would like to know if she is fine. When Roberto first uncovers Janessa's eye-popping online presence, he's shocked. She has her own website and profiles on explicit video streaming sites. These images are way more explicit than anything he'd received from Hannah Alex. Roberto knows that there are scammers using Janessa's images to lure people in. And that's probably what's going on with Hannah Alex. That she doesn't exist. She's a fiction. The thought was overwhelming. Roberto was deeply shaken. I was continuously having these kind of feelings and sensations that were really not even making me able to sleep properly at night or having a real stability. But maybe, just maybe, Hannah Alex was Janessa Brazil. And she didn't want to reveal her true identity out of concern. It might complicate the relationship. If so, that beautiful woman he'd been sending his innermost thoughts to, along with a staggering number of money transfers, was still out there. It's clearly a stretch, but Roberto couldn't shake the possibility. So he decided to ask her himself. He logged into one of Janessa's online video chats, and there she was on screen, talking and laughing in the flesh. Hi, big guy. How are you? Roberto was paying $12 per minute to join a cam session with a woman called Janessa Brazil. It took a few minutes... But Roberto finally got up the nerve to ask the questions that were eating him up inside. Is it really you? Do you know that romance cameras are using your pictures, pretending to be you? And then he got more personal. I started to ask, like, do you know me? You know who I am? Like, 
I am talking with you or there is someone else. But when I said it and when I tell her I was Roberto Marini, etc., she had a total different reaction. Like she started to get nervous. She started to scratch her arms. She started to look around and she started to say, no, 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 it's a scam, it's a scam. I've seen a clip of this session that Roberto recorded with his phone, but he didn't capture the part he's describing here. So I stayed like for a, another more minute because it was even costly to do that. And I just said, okay, it's okay, it's fine. Have a good day. And I just got out. But in the moment that I was waiting to get out, I see that actually she get the phone. In the same moment she get the phone, I get a text message. He says that message was from Hannah Alex. Or should he now be calling her Janessa? Roberto is certain that the timing is more than just a coincidence. I just started to receive messages of like, uh, please, sorry, I know that I told you I wouldn't have been doing those things anymore and blah, 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 because those were things that I would obviously tell to her. Like, I'm paying for everything. I'm paying for your food. I'm paying for your house. I'm paying for everything that you may need. Just stop doing that. Roberto says she was apologizing for continuing to work on adult streaming sites. And she'd promised she'd stop if he paid her living expenses. So, got to this feeling of like, maybe seriously, this person is like, really talking with me. Maybe she's trying to hide her identity, whatever it may be, but maybe really she's her. This was the first time he'd seen her on video. The first interaction they'd had where he could see her face. He was convinced Janessa Brazil and Hannah Alex were the same person. But by now, Roberto had left the live video session, so he couldn't see if she was texting in real time. He took these messages, and their perfect timing, as confirmation that he was actually in contact with Janessa Brazil, and that the two of them were in love. Uncover from CBC Podcasts explores a different high-stakes true crime and justice story each season. From the Nexium sex cult to the satanic panic of the 1980s or the investigation into a serial killer targeting gay men in the village. Find Uncover wherever you get your podcasts. After that brief live interaction... Roberto and Janessa's relationship went back to the way it had always been. No phone or video calls, just texts and emails. They professed their love to each other while Roberto started to sink into debt so he could keep supporting her. Then one day, Roberto got some good news. No, great news. Janessa was planning to visit Europe. She was heading to Dusseldorf, Germany, a 90-minute flight from Sardinia. Roberto jumped at the chance to see her and booked a ticket. He wanted to pick her up and bring her home to Sardinia so they could start their new life together. I was obviously having a very happy and cheerful moment in which like, okay, finally, let's go to to take her from the airport so we can start to show her the island, we can give her accommodation and everything. And uh, it was obviously something that I was waiting for so long that wasn't seeming real. Roberto and his dad fly to Dusseldorf with plenty of time to spare. They don't want her to arrive before they do. They wait for Janessa's flight to land. Each minute feels like an hour as they stare at the arrivals gate. And then 
Roberto thinks he sees her. He's sure it's her. That face in the sea of travellers. The face he'd seen in all those photos and in the online video meetup, but never in person. She's strolling through the terminal, pulling a suitcase behind her. Roberto darts across the room, but loses sight of her. He pushes his way through the crowd, but she's moving faster than he can. As he looks over and around the throng of travellers, an unwelcome thought crosses his mind. It almost feels like she's avoiding him. He's trying to catch her eye, but he can't. When I would go to actually get to talk to her, she would like start to run and go into like girls' bathrooms and stuff like that. So at that point, I was like, my mind is tricking me completely. Am I like completely weirded out? What is going on? He scours the airport. There's no way she's hiding from him. They made plans to meet right there in the airport. But after a thorough search, he has to face the fact that she's gone. He'd missed his chance to meet her, talk to her, hold her, simply be with her. Roberto was crushed. He'd become fixated on creating a life with someone he couldn't have. And his sense of self was slipping away. That was like so merged with that idea that I had in my mind of being in connection with that person that there was no separation. I was feeling like her presence, even in my house and everything. But it was within me because, of course, outside there was no one. There was just me. Roberto and his father went home. For Roberto's family, the incident at the Düsseldorf airport was a turning point. So they say to me, why do you keep doing this? Don't you see that it's a scam for sure? They are tricking you just for the money and blah, blah, blah. The stories, the excuses, the strange sighting at the airport. It still wasn't enough to break Roberto's bond with her. They kept talking. He kept sending her money. I love her. I just love her. I want to see her finally happy and out of all these things. Like, I don't care if it's costing me that amount of time, that amount of money, that amount of energy. I just want to see her happy. Really, anyone can fall for this, right? There's no one type of victim. Anshul Reggae has seen relationships like the one between Roberto and his Janessa play out over and over. What makes one gullible? It's not something related to your intelligence, your career. It's so much more than that. Anshul is an associate professor of criminal justice at Philadelphia's Temple University. She studied online romance scams, including the formulaic approach that's so often used to groom victims. There have been folks who are like, well, this seems kind of too good to be true, but they still follow their heart over their perhaps brain, right? Because we're looking again for that human touch. And I think that's what really makes this so, so heart-wrenchingly painful. When you step back and try to unravel how Hannah Alex or Janessa won Roberto's trust, it's as if she was following a playbook. And as wild as it sounds, she might actually have been. It's almost like a flow chart, if you will. Oh, you need initial contact messages? Go to page two. 
If they ask you about your financial situation, go to page three. If I want to know about your family, go to pages four and five. If I want to know about your nature, go to this page in the playbook that demonstrates your、um, trustworthiness. So it's like a manual, yep, a how-to、absolutely. guide. Yep. Anshul sent me a digital copy of one of these manuals. In her research, she discovered that they circulate among scammers. The 23-page document includes chapter headings like "Ways of Saying Hi to a Client" and "Why We Don't Make Calls." The second one is in all caps. The manual is practical and specific. It refers to victims as clients. There are pages and pages of messages to send at each stage of the scam. If you're trying to reel someone in, you could text. I want to be the reason you look into your phone and smile. Or, I can't think of anything better than getting a reply from you. And more intimate conversation starters that ask about a client's family or about their hopes and dreams in life. The manual also includes a lot of advice on how to avoid tough questions and sticky situations as they arise. If you are asked to communicate via phone, then go to this page for a whole bunch of excuses. And if you're ready to extract funds, start going to these parts of the playbook that get into the narratives that you're going to need. So it's all well planned, and these are thirty, forty, fifty-page playbooks that are designed with a whole bunch of experience behind it. And it starts from the very first message. That casual first greeting is anything but. Typically, the longest part of a scam is really the grooming process, and that's where you're going to try to establish that loving relationship, try to develop a strong bond, and that could take anywhere from six months to two years. So, the return on investment. This is the long con. You're in it for the long run. And something that. Is very common in the grooming stage is is love bombing. Yes, it's intense showering and bombarding of love and affection and attention to show them that you are crazy about them, that you absolutely love them, that this is the, your soulmate. It's really similar to getting addicted to a drug. So it's that same kind of attachment dependency, so that withdrawal seems impossible and painful, right? So that's what gets you hooked. Roberto was the first to admit that he was hooked on his relationship with Janessa, despite the distance, the lack of FaceTime, and all the money flowing from his wallet to hers. Despite it all, the connection he felt was real. It changes from you to we, and so even even that idea of now we are in this together. I am doing this for us so that we can be together. So psychologically, the messaging of it changes as well to go from one to a pair, a couple, and that's what you're trying to establish. It's almost similar to being brainwashed, right? You hear this. Over and over and over and over again, every single day. That is also what love bombing is trying to do. You are led so far along that when that request comes, you have absolutely fallen for this person. So you are really speaking to the core human emotion of 
what we call the natural inclination to help. As human beings, we are wired to help each other out. That's just how we're built. It's definitely the way Roberto's built. He felt compelled to help her, propelled by a fatherish energy, as he describes it. And he kept holding out hope that once Janessa was financially stable, she would finally leave her old life behind to be with him. The way this is framed from the scammer's narrative is, once I get the money from you, I can clear this hurdle and we can be together. And then what that's actually doing is sending the message that you not sending me money is preventing us from being together. That's what's holding it back. So again, they're not explicit with it, but it's very cleverly done. It's subliminally done. And that's what makes it so brilliant and so successful. It's 2019, and Roberto is still entangled in a virtual relationship with a woman he called his girlfriend. They had never met, never talked on the phone, for three years. He believed he could give her the fresh start she deserved. She could leave the adult entertainment industry for a comfortable life with him on his beloved island of Sardinia. Even if we have never met, and even if I had never got the ability to actually see her or know her physically, I was feeling that it was something very important for myself to actually be present for this person in that period of her life. So yes, of course I was loving her unconditionally without even having a doubt about it. Roberto couldn't wait any longer. He needed to be with her. He knew if he could just get her to Italy all of the obstacles and challenges keeping them apart would melt away. So he offered to buy her a one-way ticket to Sardinia. They could meet at the Cagliari airport, jump into his car, and drive off into the Italian sunset together. To his delight, Janessa's reply was swift. Yes, I'll come. We can finally be together. The day of her arrival, Roberto has everything planned out. His home, his family, his farm. They're all waiting for her to complete his life and kickstart the next chapter. At the airport, people begin streaming out the doors. Roberto scans each face as it comes through the gate. But none belong to Janessa. Then he notices a man by the exit holding up a sign, like one of those hired drivers waiting to pick up someone. I actually get to see one person with a, you know, a piece of paper with Brazil written. His sign reads Brazil, as in Janessa Brazil. At least that's what Roberto thinks. And I start to see this young, like slim, long-haired woman, very tanned, walking out from the gate. And in the moment that I actually see and I get to see that, to me, like, actually was there. Once again, Roberto finds himself at an airport watching a woman he's convinced is Janessa from a distance. But once again, he can't quite get to her. She's surrounded by a group of people that won't let him through. No, no, you can't, you can't. You can't come here. And they start to take her out with, like, bodyguards, I don't know, maybe security people. 
And when she get out from the airport, she get into a car. The car drives off and she's gone. In the days that followed that crashing scene at the airport in Sardinia, Roberto gave Janessa an ultimatum. Almost four years had passed since their first text exchange. When I got to the point that uh, she actually was starting to say to me, yeah, we can't meet anymore, I can't actually stay in the island, blah, 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 I said like, okay, this is done, I don't want to know anything anymore about it because... I am seriously giving all my time, all my energies, uh, all my finances that I said, okay, this has to get to a stop because I arrived to the point that seriously, I think that total amount that I have sent out was over $250,000. You heard that right. $250,000. Roberto says he had drained his savings, borrowed money from friends and relatives, taken out loans. He was finally tapped out financially, emotionally, spiritually. When I reached the maximum amount and the maximum availability that I could actually send out, I just clearly said, okay, at this point, it's really, either you really love me, meaning that you love me even if I have or I don't have money, or this is all just something that is getting to be a tool that you use to trick me. Because right now, I don't have any more any money. I give everything to you. That's when the relationship ended. Janessa went silent. Roberto finally started to let go. That moment I said, okay, this seriously is something that I don't want anymore in my life. I don't want this cognitive dissonance anymore. I don't want it anymore. Back in the studio, I show Roberto a picture of Janessa I found online, wearing a white dress. Is this the woman he loved? Yes, that was, uh, let's say, her appearance when she was younger. And it's very look-liking the person I, that I saw in the airport. It's her. I ask Roberto to describe the person we're looking at. I can see a woman that is actually acting as a model in this situation, that is probably doing a photo shoot, and that is not really very much present because I can see from her eyes that She's just looking in that camera without even even knowing about why she is taking those photos and those pictures. And the fact that she was dressed in white in that photo just made me think that uh, she was in that state. Like, I am a white piece of paper in which everyone is actually able to write down something and make me be whatever they want me to be. And I see that she is surely not at her best because... One person that is at her best is smiling. And she's not smiling right here. After all this time, Roberto still feels connected to Janessa and feels he understands her, perhaps better than she understands herself. I ask how he felt when he saw her or a woman who looked like her that last time. That time I saw the face of a person that was actually trying so much to convince herself that she wasn't living that life because it was a middle smile. Like, like, am I really doing this? What is going on? That's the perception I had. I tell Roberto that I'm trying to find Janessa so she can share her side of the story and clear up any confusion about her life, career, personal relationships. 
I ask if there's anything he'd like me to tell her. Just to love herself and to forgive herself for whatever it have happened in her life and if he really needs help, to find out someone that can really help her. I am always in the same place. If she really wanted to actually get to be in contact with me or text me for even just exchange some words, that's it. Talking to Roberto now, almost two years since he was last in touch with his Janessa, it's clear that his affection for her is still very strong. He also believes his connection was with the real Janessa Brazil. He knows he was in touch with some scammers along the way, but he is certain that his trail eventually led to a deep love with Janessa herself. Professor Anshul Reggae says this is the hallmark of a successful scam. It appears irrational or it doesn't make sense to the outsider. But when you're in the scam, it seems completely natural and organic. And it's a progression of how a relationship should be headed, right? So so when you're in it, you don't really understand that you're being misled or you're being lied to. As he shared his story, there were many times that I expected Roberto to tell me when he'd figured it out. The day he knew that Hannah Alex, or Janessa, wasn't who she said she was. I expected him to say that he discovered she was actually a man living in South America. Or a woman living in Canada. Or even someone living a ferry ride away in Italy. But he never did. According to Anshul, it's even more likely that Roberto's scam was being run by a highly organised group of people, possibly living in West Africa. You've got the Sakawa boys, you have the Yahoo boys. It's almost like a well-oiled machine, right? This is what they do. This is their nine-to-five, if you will. Anshul referred to the Yahoo boys, a group based in Nigeria, and the Sakawa boys, who live in Ghana. Two networks that use similar playbooks and have created similar systems to reel in so many victims. In fact, the 23-page playbook the how-to guide for scammers was traced back to a group in Nigeria. When Anshul connects these scams to West Africa, it reminds me of something Roberto had said. It sounded odd at the time, but now turns out to be another piece of this very large puzzle. He mentioned that in one of their early conversations, Hannah Alex told him she was living in Ghana for a short time with her family. A random fact that got lost in the sea of details. She was actually living in Ghana and that they had properties and blah, blah, blah. That fact doesn't seem so random anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our pleasure to welcome you. Next time on Love, Janessa. I travelled to Ghana to learn more about the Janessa scams and try to find some of the people behind them. To the Kutka International Airport, Accra. Time now is 28 minutes past 6 p.m. With an outside temperature of 27 degrees Celsius. For your continued safety and comfort, we politely ask you to remain seated until the aircraft has come to a complete stop.
Love Janessa is an Antica and Telltale production for the BBC World Service and CBC Podcasts. I'm Hannah Jalla. Our producers are Katrina Onstad and Laura Regeer. Associate producer is Haley Choi. Sound designed by Philip Wilson and Janine White. Executive producers are Stuart Cox and Jago Lee. Emily Cannell is our coordinating producer. Chris Oak is executive producer of CBC Podcasts. Arif Nurani is the director of CBC Podcasts. And John Manel is the podcast commissioning editor at the BBC World Service. Thanks for listening. A BBC World Service and CBC Podcast production.